Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 8 of the KDH podcast. Today I've got a guest on, I've got Scott Falconer, we're going to be talking about home workouts and training in general. How are you doing mate? I'm not bad, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me on, it's quite exciting to be here and get my first ever podcast done. I know, breaking your virginity mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is. It's, and we were just sitting chatting about that there, it's quite a sort of nerve-wracking thing but I think the power of podcasts is that it is genuinely just a conversation and I love listening to conversations. And I remember one of the first times I started thinking about making a podcast was because you probably know this as well, mate. I think you've been, how long have you been doing PT for? Uh, five and a half years now. Right, so about a good bit longer than me, but like some of the conversations you have with your clients are like so in depth, aren't they? Like you, yeah, you write and, and you're like, do you know what? Like people should hear these things. And I feel like that's what one of the things that prompted me to do the podcast um but yeah mate so um we're gonna we've got um seven questions we're gonna run through today um so question number one mate what's your story and where did you get uh, where did you start and what are you doing now all right so pretty much just took the usual route so grew up in the south side of glasgow and did the usual school then went to uni where i actually studied architectural engineering I don't, a lot of people don't know that about me then after uni, I didn't really like it, actually. I enjoyed the uni experience. A lot of fun going out, drinking loads, just meeting new people, just having a good time. After, but didn't actually like the course, but I finished it because I was like, I'm not dropping out. Then after that, I decided I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I remember this really clearly. Uh, on a night home from Carbon, which was a club in town, if any of you remember it, remember that. Me and my mate were walking down Sucky Hill Street. And he was like, do you want to go travelling? And from there, decided yes. So we did uh, three, no, not three, I did three summers at Camp America. And then I did a ski season in Canada after that. And that is where I really actually fell in love with training. There was like a really big atmosphere for training while we were away. Like all the boys at summer camp did at the camp was kitted out with an absolutely cracking gym. So that's where I fell in love with training. And what I'd find myself is uh, at night, just like sitting down and reading like, articles about training, nutrition, that sort of stuff. And then when I got home, I was thinking, I do not want to be an architect or I do not want to be an engineer. So I decided to take the plunge and did my six week PT course, which uh, taught me <laughs> absolutely nothing. Uh, but <laughs> so I don't know if you did a six week one as I well. Did, if you it's a fucking tick yeah. in the box, man. Isn't it? it's, it's yeah, it's hardly... that's exactly what it is. Just getting a bit of paper. So I finished that I did that in the David Lloyd and Renfrew. Finished that on the Friday and then started in Pure Gym in Paisley on the Monday. So that was a, a bit a very quick turnover. So that was five and a half years ago or five years in March since I started doing that. And definitely best decision I've ever made. Even with everyone at the time saying what you're doing, you've got such a safe career in engineering. It's like such a straightforward path. But I was like, I don't want to. That's what something that I learned when I was traveling. I don't want to do something that I don't enjoy. Because I had so much fun out there making money and just having a great time. I was like, why do I need to then go and do a job that I hate? So yeah. I took the plunge, became a PT, essentially. Oh. And then been in Pure Gym for five and a half years since then. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much what I do is I'm a fat, lock, fat loss coach. So what I do is I essentially empower women to feel more comfortable, more confident in themselves and strengthen their bodies and their mindset. Essentially, that's what I go for. and. Hopefully, in the next two months, my own gym will be open. Good so man. it's been a long, long process. I haven't really told many people about it. My clients, my mates know. Uh, but 
this process has taken about 18 months and my gym is almost open in the south side of Glasgow. So fingers crossed and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. It's amazing, mate, like how things go, how it just goes for a night out in Carbon to having your own gym. Like, like that's yeah, like, absolutely. things just happen for a reason, man. And can I touch on a few points you said there? Like, um, like the Americans don't half arse it, man. Like when I, I, w- I was working out on a US military base when I was in the Air Force and uh, I went out and the gym that they'd set out in this base in the middle of the desert, it was a well-kitted out base. It wasn't like a pure half-arse base. It was like a million dollars they'd spent on a gym. Like it was yeah, yeah. it was decked out, man. There was literally like, there was like four flat benches. I was like, why is there four flat benches? Like there's just, like, just pure unnecessary amount of volume, but they don't half-arse it. So like, I can, I can only imagine that being put into that scene, um, you definitely obviously get a bit of a passion for it as well. And, and it is funny how things just come together like that and you just start doing it. But what's your, is your gym like a, is it going to be like a PT focused gym? Is it, what, what talk, me, talk to me about, about that, man. So it's, got, it's actually going to be a membership gym. So it is, if anyone knows where Pollock Park is, it's right there. It's at the entrance, main entrance of Pollock Park. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a membership gym and it's going to be about, so as I said, I do like building strong habits and like building strong people and trying to get them to be in a better shape through that. So that's kind of the ethos of the gym. So it's essentially going to be well, what we call a barbell club. So yeah. there is going to be all your usual like leg press, leg extension, all that sort of stuff, cardio equipment. Uh, but it's mainly just getting people strong through lifting properly and just teach them how to do that there will be like classes but it's a different style of class so yeah, yeah. it's going to be limited to eight to ten people and there's going to be one or two coaches with every single class and it's going to teach you how to essentially train properly and build your confidence through training and then we go through the habits and lifestyle stuff you've identified your market mate you've absolutely nailed it man so that's all you need to do and then just keep moving forward like that i'm chuffed for you mate that's great news i didn't know that at all um and uh, if anyone is obviously listening in right now and you're in that area there you go scott's got a gym that you could obviously go to and if that sounds right up your street obviously uh hit them up so what is your priority as a coach you kind of dipped into that wee bit there you were saying like uh kind of talking about that but you get anything else you kind of add to your ethos yeah well pretty much as I say, yeah, I've dipped into a wee bit there. It's simply just to help people. So to make them feel more comfortable in the gym and themselves, uh, just to empower them to do things that they never thought they could. So like talking on that, like people, you need to be pushed out of your comfort zone. When I went traveling, the amount of people that said to me, like, you're not the kind of person that goes traveling while you're doing it. So I was pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Then when I got home, people were like, why don't you be an engineer? And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I felt so scared to go and be a PT. And now it seems silly that I did. But again, push myself out of my comfort zone. And then it's essentially just making people feel comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and then they realize what they can actually achieve. So it's just a mindset shift. And it's like totally me. And I, I say that to everyone for like, and I, I've been, I've really like, like, like building a community since lockdown. I never really had like a Facebook group and that. And like one of the things I've, I've really realized is like, it's not, you need to do a certain diet. It's not like the people focus on the tools. They don't look at the bigger picture and adopting a growth mindset to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, to be willing to constantly move forward and grow. That's what people need to do. And the problem is like, I I don't know, is that the problem of the individual or is it the problem of the fitness industry? The fact that there's so much fucking confusion that people are a bit like, what do I do? Because there's so many fad diets thrown about and stuff. So it, it is obviously a tough one, but at the same time, like, there is more and more accounts like me and you are constantly providing more information. 
But I just feel like sometimes people are like, they're maybe not, they're kind of going, that's really good, but I want to do this easier route. And you're like, there is no easier or hard route. We're just stating the facts. This is just yeah. the way it is. But like, it's just always like that. Like um, my uh, friend, Andy, was uh, he wrote a really good post all day and it was talking about like, if someone was to say to you, you were building an extension in your house and you would go like that, like, all right, cool, it's 25,000 pounds, let's say. You wouldn't bat an eyelid at the logistics the materials, the cost of um, the cost of labor, you wouldn't buy an eyelid at it. But people with fitness and nutrition are like, no, I don't want to do that. They want to just like, pay for the minimal. It's like going to B&Q and someone waving a hammer at you and going, this is going to sort your, this is going to build your extension. You'd be like, what? And you're like, but actually like, having a coach, having guidance, making loads of little tiny improvements or what you actually have to do. But people focus on the little things like the hammers and the nails and they forget about the bigger picture. It is a bit of a, I just kind of pinched Andy's content that he was talking about, but I think it makes sense. <laughs> uh, no, it absolutely, it does. It's like, uh, obviously I've been coaching for five and a half years now, so I've seen a lot, and I've seen a lot of other coaches like train people in the gym, and I charge more because I've invested in myself the most out of everyone. And you yeah. get people, and they're like, yeah, but this person's providing this for this amount of price. And I'm like, well, they say I'm too expensive, and I'm like, well... I'm going to get you the result and what you're doing down there is you're going for the cheapest option that's going to end up you wasting your money. Going I know, down the and, line that, and like you could look at it as you could generate, you could yield. Like if you looked at it in like quality of like, like what you're getting, you could get amazing results in let's say two months of working with yourself, mate. Or you could go to someone that charges £15 an hour and they genuinely don't care. And I seen a really good post by Gary V the other day. If you don't follow Gary V, follow him. He's brilliant. Anyone that's listening in, and you know the best business model is actually giving a fuck. Yeah, that is the true. best business model. You need to actually care. And like, if you are not reflecting your self worth and your cost of your service, it's not going to be a good service at the end of the day. Like. Like, imagine like you were undercutting yourself and you're like waking up one day and you've done like you're on your like your million free session and you're like, oh, I can't be asked today. I'm just not going to plan this anymore. Whereas if you're someone that's like totally invested, like, um, it is like, so, and I think it's like, it's some, I was talking about it the other day. Like a lot of people don't buy an eyelid when it comes to spending 50 pound on dominoes. They won't buy an eyelid when it comes to paying 500 pound for a pair of trainers. But you say to someone, would you like to do two months of coaching with me? It costs X. And they're like, whoa. Because they can't see the value in it, like short term, and I think that's what I, I just like. And I've been talking about this a lot this week, and I'm not telling anyone how to live their life for that. But like, I really don't think that people see in fitness and health, they don't see the cost in things. They they look at things very short term. They don't look at mm -hmm. it long term. And like, you, you could come to like yourself. You're talking about like five five and a half years of coaching experience. You're going to have your own facility. You've got a strategy. You've got an ethos someone can come to you and make life-changing habits, as you were saying, and that's what people need to do. In the space of two months, it's going to lead them to living a better life for the rest of their life. Whereas yeah, going... It's, it's not like they don't have anything to believe that I'm just making up. There's lots of testimonials, like progress pictures before and afters to back all that stuff up. Talk to any of my clients and they'll tell you. And some of them have had completely life-changing results. Yeah. So it's just what you're willing to invest in yourself. Instead no. of getting all the material stuff, can you live, make yourself happier, essentially? Definitely, man. Like, and it's, uh, I heard a really good quote a while ago, and it was, um, I, said, I, think, I think I mentioned it in one of my previous podcasts. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but it was, if you can't look back at yourself a year ago 
and cringe at something you were doing there and then, you haven't done enough self-development. Now, yeah. that pure resonated with me because I look back at my coaching two years ago, I look back at stuff that I was doing my social media three years ago, and I'm like, God, but that is part of learning. And see, if you can't sit and do that, like you're, you're not doing enough self-development. Like if you can look back at yourself 10 years ago and go, God, my life is the exact same as it was 10 years ago. I'm still in a rut. Like you're answering all the questions there. You need to look at different ways. And, and most people think it's like, is it a diet? Is it, is it this that I need? And it's like, no, you just need a bit of direction. You need a bit of accountability and you just need a bit of a routine. That's, that is it. It's not like the tools, as we were saying, you don't need the hammers. You don't need the, they're part of the, the obviously the project, but at the end of the day, you just need a plan. That is it. And I think that is what like a good coach is trying to provide. It's not about the best fat burning exercise or the best, um, the, the best thing that's going to like short term sort it out. Cause nothing sorts anything out short term. I mean, you might feel good. Um, so moving on to question number three, mate, what three pieces of advice would you give your old self if you could with training? Uh, number one, you don't need to kill yourself in every session. Like, there's nothing. I always remember reading this article, and it was from a famous rugby player, but I can't remember who it was. And he was saying how that he never really kills himself in a session, so he's always feeling good for the next day. And I remember thinking at the time, well, how's he going to make such good progress? He must have ridiculous genetics. But it's true. You don't need to kill yourself. It's not what you do on a day. It's what you do every day that makes the difference. So I would rather you trained at 80% but did it every day than training at 100% and doing it two days a week. So that was one thing that I tell myself because I used to just absolutely blitter myself in sessions. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't do that. Uh, number two, pretty much everything that you, in terms of training, like every training methodology works in one way or another. You can build muscle through CrossFit. You can lose fat through CrossFit. You can do the same through bodybuilding. You can do the same through calisthenics or bodyweight training. It's just what I would say is do what you enjoy. And for me, that is a mixture of things. So I do a bit of Olympic lifting. I do a bit of running. I've actually got really much into yoga recently as well. Yeah. And if anyone thinks yoga is easy eh, or a recovery strategy, you're way off. It's right. really tough. And I always feel great after yoga. So just do something that you enjoy. And if you stick to it, you're going to get a result. Yeah. If you need a specific result, then you need to go a wee bit more specific. But if it's general fat loss or just being healthier, then pretty much anything that you try, if you're consistent and execute it properly, you're going to see a result from that. Yeah, definitely. And finally, lifestyle is more important than what you do in the gym. So yeah. everything outside of the gym has a much bigger effect on your result than what you're doing in the gym. Like for the gym is pretty much just building muscle and getting fit. The rest of it is dictates how happy you'll be, how lean you'll be, like along those lines, that is what it is. Because the gym, if you, even if you train seven days a week, that's seven hours and what's our 168 hours in a week? Yeah. It's not much. So the rest of it is much more important than what you do in the gym. Totally, mate. Totally agree with that, man. And I think like it's almost like an evolution of training, isn't it? I talk to a lot of my clients about this. Everyone gets into training and someone goes, right, why don't you look at your activity outside, look at your, your, your sleep, look at your nutrition, and people like, nah, I'm just going to focus on training. And I've done this. You've probably done this as well. Yeah. Everyone does it. Six months go, you're like, I should probably start looking at a program now. You start looking at a program. Another six months go, you're like, here, I'm making some good gains in my muscle, but I'm holding a lot of body fat. Right, I'll start looking at my nutrition. You start realizing that you've opened your eyes up to a full other thing. And then it's like, here, I should probably start training more efficiently, so introducing more recovery. And it's like three years down the line, and you've spent all this time, whereas 
if you just focus on everything small and as a collective, you'll make much better like progress short term than you would in that three years. But I wouldn't take back like that's how I learned. But I wouldn't take it yeah, back. It's like I wouldn't take it back because it's like it's literally like I think it's like it's part of me. So um it's definitely something there. And then touching on your first point as well, mate, like training to failure. This is something that is like when I instruct training, I talk about the three principles. I talk about weights. I'm talking about weights here. Like I'm, you can obviously apply this to running. You can apply it to cycling, whatever. But volume, intensity, and frequency. And I always talk about these things. It's not that any one is, is they're always important as each other. And people will always argue that you need to work to failure. You need to do this. You don't need to do that. As you said, it's a collective of constantly showing up. And every session compounds together. And like uh, me and Andy touched base on this in one of the previous podcasts. Like it doesn't like you could make life changing results to your physique with three hours of training the week, but it's going to take you like what people are comparing themselves to is maybe someone that's been training for 10 years. What we're telling you to do that three hours a week in 10 years, that could be a product of that. Like that's mm-hmm. this, the way that but people don't see it like that. Cause it doesn't sound like people want to hear the short term quick fix. And you're like, look, Someone that's been training that maybe they're using their physique to advertise, they're saying, come and do my program. This is what I do. It's very, very unfair because that person has got a load of training experience under their belt that they're not mentioning. And you see it quite a lot with like females online where they say things like, for example, um, they'll say things like come and do my booty workout. And it's like a lot of folk are doing these right now with the home workouts. It's generally just a leg workout, but they're naming it a booty workout. And then they've not mentioned that they've been doing five years of progressive overload training, progressively overloading their training in a gym, but they're just selling to someone that come and do my home booty workout and you get an arse like mine. They're not mentioning their genetics. They're not mentioning that they've got insane nutritional protocols. They're not mentioning that they are dedicated to that lifestyle. They're just saying, come and do my 30 minute session. Then they buy into them. And I think this is the, the problem with like, it's not that there's a problem with home workouts. It's that people aren't getting the message across properly mm. with home workouts and stuff. And I think I've, I've made a lot of sort of spoof videos, like kind of taking a piss about the home booty workout thing. Because I remember I used to question it as well. And I'd be like, what the fuck's a booty workout? Like, <laughs> just like, and I remember that even when I started as a PT, like girls were going, I just want to walk my bum. And I'm sitting going, Danny, you'd make like some form of booty workout that's like just arse. And it's like, no, like, your your bum's going to be fucking hit during legs, but you can obviously, it's like, but again, it's like all these principles I've just said that are volume, intensity, and frequency go out the window because yeah. people have emphasized that you just need to do this one workout and then doing it sporadically. Like the thing is, consistency, as we always say, is the fucking key thing. And one of the best comments I had recently was from uh, one of my clients that got really good results. And she sent me a voice message and she was saying, I think you need to give yourself more credit, Christian, because what you have taught me is she went, she actually went, she, it was, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of it's almost like everything that you see in the fitness industry is just a bit of a facade to generate likes. And she went, you've actually shown me that keeping the exercises simple. So we've just been doing like loads of CrossFit style workouts at home and we've been doing weight training use, using things like backpacks, but I'm getting everyone to track what they're doing. I'm not glamorizing it. I'm just like, if you've done 10 squats today, focus on trying to do 12 in the minute. Or if you were doing a thruster way like this weight, try and increase the weight a wee bit. And just all these little things. And she was like, I'm feeling the fittest and the strongest and the best I've ever felt. And I'm not doing anything like a burpee with two punches at the top and a star jump. It's just genuinely like, 
like, right, this is what we're going to do, but we're going to just keep progressing it. And when people start doing that, they start understanding the benefits of exercise. They start seeing that, here, this isn't actually that complex, but the person that's just trying to get the likes, like someone's putting up a random, like, I'll put my hand up. I, I done a couple of random home workouts at the beginning. I was a bit lost for content. I was like, fucking, I was like, and do you know what? It probably helped. I, I, quite a few folks saved it in that. And then I started going, Christian, you're a coach. Coach people. Don't just do random sporadic workouts because that isn't going to help. And you're essentially chucking into the mix like that confusion that you stand by, like that that sort of you you're trying to teach people how to progress, train, and and, and get results. So you just doing a random band workout probably isn't going to help. It's not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it isn't going to massively help. But um, I kind of strayed a wee bit there, mate. But what's your thoughts on that? It can happen, especially when you're talking about home workouts. It's a big thing. Yeah. Um, what's your sort of thoughts on it? What's your thoughts on like? what I was chatting about there. Yeah, no, it completely makes sense. So people are like, I mean, you'd never say training is bad because we were trying to get people to exercise more, but it's like the purpose behind the training. Like as we talk, talked about earlier, where's the direction in that? If you're doing like a 30 minute workout of like mini bands around your knees and glutes and clamshells and stuff like that. Yeah. You're going to build up a bit of sweat. You're going to burn some calories. You're going to, yeah, pumping your glutes, yeah, you're going to feel good. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But as you say, like the person who's taking the video with the nice shapely bum, they've been doing deadlifts, lunges, squats, leg press for the last five years, building up a strong lower half. But then they're not explaining that to their following. Yeah. And they're just doing that, as you say, for the likes, which is which is fair enough from their point. But it's more, as you say, a facade. It's not the, the full story. It's just a small bit of a big picture. Yeah, no, and it just it just creates confusion, and I think and it's just like people are always looking for. Again, look, I've had clients where they've generated results easy, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, relentlessly showing up. That's it. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying to get my head around everything. I'm constantly trying to learn and avoid making mistakes. And when there is a mistake or there's a hurdle, I'm trying to work around it. And I think this is the sort of thing with exercise. So, um, working in a commercial, so you work in obviously pure. I've skipped a question there. Oh yeah, I have question number four. Um, top, what's your top three tips for anyone that's training from home right now with no access or little access to equipment? They might only have like two kilo dumbbells. What's your top tips? Well, really depends on the goal, but as I say, I'm a fat loss coach. I'm going to go down the lines of what I'll do for someone who wants to lose fat. So as I touched on earlier, it's your day-to-day habits that dictate your outcome. So essentially, if you sit on a couch all day like a couch potato, you're going to start looking like a potato. So that is kind of, you don't actually need to work out if you really don't enjoy working out in the house. A lot of my clients have really struggled with it. So what we focused on instead was the other aspects of their life. So all the other stuff that we've been talking about. So we've been really focusing on steps and the, the amount of like mental health like improvements that people have got from this because they're not worrying about the workout that they can't do in the house like if you're sitting at home seeing all these workouts on instagram and then you start feeling bad about not doing the workouts yourself that's just going to put you into a downward spiral so just know that you don't need to do them like the gyms will come back and muscle memory is a thing it will take a bit of time to get back to where you were but if you're trying to lose fat you don't need the gym you can get out there you can work on everything else your steps your foods your sleep your hydration and if you focus on that stuff yeah you'll be 
you'll be a lot leaner. And your body is ready to go for the gym when you get back to it, then you've set yourself up in the best position possible for going back to the gym when it happens. So pretty much just let yourself off the hook. If you don't enjoy doing it, there's no one, there's no one forcing you to do it. You don't need to do it. Uh, so I just don't think a lot of people understand that. I know. I always get, see, when I say, when I get someone in, say someone's got, they're on a fat loss journey, they're maybe significantly overweight and they feel very uncomfortable in the gym. They're always surprised when I'm like, not telling them to go in the gym. They'll come for, let's say, their, their accountability session with me, but we will get on to that. But if someone is at a point where they do not want to be in the gym, why would you force them to be there? Why wouldn't you force them to like, build good habits, as you said, like going out walking? Like, like I don't, like, I think as well, like, I don't think people understand that like, a long, like, I love that the fitness industry is encouraging people to go out and walk more. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, hashtag get my steps in, like, people going on like that. People don't realize what it does for your head. Like, I have some of the best ideas for my content when I'm out on walks. Absolutely. I have some of the best, like, just things to come up and do for, like, no way, ideas for, like, challenges. I just think about things. And it's such like, I don't think enough people put time aside for themselves each day. And I'll put my hand up. I have not been doing that recently. I've been like the past week, I think I've genuinely, like, I had a rule of thumb that I wasn't going to work at night and I'm finding myself sitting doing things. I think right now it's a bit of a transition. Like with, with rules relaxing, I've got a lot of like, try to get as much engagement as I can, generate interest. So the people messaging me in the evening, I'm not going to ignore the messages till the morning. I'm going to have to respond and talk to people and, in that way so i think yeah, like you, you have yeah. to you have to obviously make sure that you're getting the balance right i think right now for us coaches it's a bit of a especially with yourself mate opening up a gym in that it must be stressful um so i think like the, the the good thing about a walk as well is for your mental health is you get that time to switch off you have that one hour to 90 minutes of you don't have to speak to anyone you don't have to watch the news you don't have to work you can just you can listen to a podcast. You can listen to us right now talking. Um, you can learn when you do it. And I always say that to people. Like, like look at, especially people that have got busy lives, like, look for getting as much bang for your buck out of what you can. So, like, I always tell everyone, like, one of the, like, when it comes to forming a habit, I don't know if you've read James Clear's Atomic Habits. Um, Indeed, yeah. Tremendous book. And one of the points in it, it says that you need to make a habit frictionless and you need to make it easy. So if you are going out for a walk and you maybe do it with a coffee in your hand and you do it with, a, I don't know, like you listen, you've got a podcast to so say like you, this is episode eight right now. So you've got eight episodes to catch up on a podcast. That's you get eight days of walking planned. So you, it's like these little things are, are such great tools. So it, it is more than like, obviously it's a great fat loss tool. Obviously walking, it, you're not going to be on the houseboards, but Along with that, it's a great tool for your mental health. It's it's good for your aerobic system as well. I think people underestimate that. Like you're actually working very aerobically when you're out walking as well, and uh, you can challenge yourself by walking faster and stuff, setting distances, so you can turn it into a bit of a you can gamify it as well and make it quite good. So, any more tips there, mate, for anyone training from home? Yeah, well, pretty much. So, I've not really been enjoying training from home, so just decided to try some different stuff. Stuff that. Like, as I said earlier, pretty much everything works. If you stick consistently to something, it will work. So yoga, as I said earlier, it's not easy. If you, if you feel sore, stiff, and you don't feel like trying to lift a bunch of weights or jumping around in your living room, try yoga. YouTube has hundreds and hundreds of free videos that you can watch. And it's brilliant. You feel great afterwards. 
your legs and your arms and your core are going to take an absolute beating through it as well. Or even something like calisthenics, making bodyweight movements harder. Instead of working on doing hundreds of squats in a minute, why don't you just make it harder and remove remove one leg and try and get a pistol squat? Obviously, you're not going to go straight from one to the other, but there is something in, in between. But if you can do a one-legged squat, like you're going to have a strong set of legs and you're going to be working hard. If you look at gymnasts, gymnasts never touch weights. Obviously, they're very advanced, but look at their body shapes. They're in incredible shape. Yeah. Uh, so you don't need the weights to get in shape. So just make the movements harder. There's always a more advanced bodyweight movement that you can be doing if yeah. you want to get a pull-up. A lot of my, my women have been working on getting pull-ups for the first time, and a lot of them have achieved it. And that is a big thing for a girl to do. So there's always something that you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. You just need to kind of pick a direction and, as we say, be consistent. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, one of the points I wanted to add in there as well was like in regards to home workouts, like one of the biggest you've probably experienced this as well. You did mention it, like a lot of people um associate the house with a place where they relax, they chill out. That's what I do as well. Um, and they they find themselves maybe like that they really want to train, but they're like, I'm finding it hard. Again, remove that friction, like have a space set up in your house where you train, whether that be your garden. If you're in a flat, have a room, turn a part of your bedroom into it. Try and associate an area with exercise because that is what a lot of people are getting confused. Like the gym shut and they stopped. The gym is where people associate their training. It's where I associate with training. I'm a member at CrossFit gym as well. And I like that environment for training. However, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a garage and a garden that I've been able to set up a space in there as well. However, I still would have worked around that. I would, have had a, I would have had a room that I'd done it in. So again, try and remove the friction as much as you can. Have a plan and don't leave it to chance because I think when you leave things to chance, that's when things start going to shit. Like I've been leaving my handstand practice to chance and I've not done it in that week. So I had it <laughs> every single week I've been writing it down. I've not been writing it down. And as a result of that, I've not been doing it. And it's as simple as that. Like have a to-do list, have a plan. And any other points, mate, you want to add in there? Uh, no, nah, that's you kind of cover what I'm wanting to at the moment. It's just you don't need to do the hit workouts. Well, the, the fake hit workouts are all over Instagram because they're not really hit. But um, yeah, you don't need to do that. You can do anything. You can do yoga, calisthenics, walking. Everything will make a difference at the moment. Yeah. And if you really don't want to, you don't need to do anything at all. You can understand that you can take the hit before you get back to gyms if you really don't enjoy it. Like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, you might be a wee bit more overweight by the time you get back to the gym, but that's a choice you've made. And if you live with it, you're fine. Like you can always lose it again. It's not like once you're fat, you're fat. I always tell people it works the same both ways. Like it didn't, you didn't get fat overnight. You didn't get lean overnight. It takes time. So yeah. it works the exact same. It's not, but I think a lot, a lot of people are under the illusion that you gain fat quicker than you lose fat. And it's the exact same process. Mm-hmm. I get that there's certain things that you could, you could quite easily go fuck it. I'm just going to become an absolute couch, couch tatty. I'm going to just watch binge watch every series in Netflix and I'm just going to do that. However, it's the exact same as that you could go, you know what, I'm going to go out a walk every day. I'm going to make an effort of reading and weighing in my food. It can be as simple as that. Like, but again, once, but you need to make it attractive. You need to make it desirable. As I said there, like listening to a podcast, having something to look forward to, having a plan or like even the satisfaction of ticking off a to-do list, that is great. Like we, like humans take great part, like, great pride in ticking things off because it's a sense of purpose and it's, it gives you something there so not some really really good points there mate so obviously you work in pure gym in paisley and um, working in a commercial gym what one thing do you love seeing and what one thing do you hate seeing in training 
<laughs> uh, so this is uh, obviously I said I've been there for over five years. So there's been a huge dynamic shift and the like the ratio of guys to girls training so it used to be like weight training i mean it used to be i would say about 95 percent um guys training in the weight area and that would be incredibly intimidating for any woman that wanted to even like as i said pt mainly women it would even be intimidating for them to train there but over the last five years i mean it's almost like 50 50 split now with women and men now doing the weight training which is amazing to see because women are starting to see the benefit of the weight training and how it's not just for guys and how all the Instagram models and models and stuff whose bodies they want to aspire to weren't achieved through classes they were achieved through progressive overload as we spoke about earlier on so that's one of the best things I've seen and it's become a lot less intimidating for women to then pick it up and it's been great for the PT industry in general and the fitness industry as it goes because 50% of the population are now getting more and more involved in actually weight training and to any woman that's listening and they want to weight train just go and do it if you don't know what to do get some guidance uh, ask somebody for some help it'll be one of the best things you ever do and it'll be one of the most empowering things that you ever do yeah no definitely I mean I totally agree with that um like I think like I love seeing that grow for people one of my sort of favorite things I'll kind of tap into what I asked you there no I love seeing I love seeing when I watch, like I've watched in that gym, I've worked in the gym group in Kilmarnock for just over three years. And in that time, just watching someone individually show up and consistently make progress. And I always make a point in going over and telling them, I'm like, mm -hmm. see what you've done over the past six months. I think it's amazing. I had recently said it to, there's like, there's a, a young guy in the gym and uh, he was, he, he had a significant bit of body fat. And I swear to God, in a six month period, he went for, he was just in there and he was a strong, strong wee guy. He's probably like, maybe like late teens, early twenties. And I went over to him and I was like, mate, like, no, and I, like, and I saw a bro where I was like, mate, you're looking terrific right now. Like you're fucking like, honestly, like hats off to you. I just wanted to let you know, because I think that's uh, like something I would like to hear as well. And the guy was like, rah, rah, like, <laughs> the guy didn't know what to say, man. And well, I was like, one nice compliment to make sure. I know, and I was like, I you know what, like, like that, that alone probably done so much for that guy. And I will go over and, and I love seeing that. I love seeing when someone's just like relentlessly in there and I will always go and tell someone that it's not just that one guy. Um, but I always highlight to that to people because I think some people, you're going to have days where me and you get it. Everyone gets it where you wake up and you go, what's the point? As in like, not what's the point in life, but I mean, like what's the point in being as G'd up today as I was yesterday? Like what am I going to get from that? And I think like, like reward that's such a reward for someone to hear that just tell them that you're, you're doing great um, and it's your hard work's really really paying off um, and again they've just adopted that growth mindset they've not done anything fancy they've, they're self-taught they've just they've just shown up every day and relentlessly been consistent um, and what's the one thing what's your what's your one sort of uh, is the word pet peeve like what's your sort of your one thing you don't like about training in gyms oh, it's probably they kind of all tie in together so it's probably a combination of ego lifting and swarms of young guys who all come in to train together so i mean like and they tend to do all the ego lifting so not only are they putting themselves at risk but they're putting other people in danger as well and they intimidate a lot of the, the women that i'm training and all the people that want to get into weight training so that is one of the worst things about working in the gym because they it's not a bad thing that they're coming to the gym it's just the way that they're treating it they're treating it as like a social hangout which it should be, but not in groups of like seven, eight people at a time, all swarming around one equipment, uh, getting in the way of people. And even things like 
on the leg press, they'll leave like seven 25 kilo plates on a side. And if a wee small woman wants to go and move that, use that afterwards, they can't safely lift the weights off the machine. Uh, so that is dangerous for them. Because I remember once I was with a client and I don't know if you've been in the Paisley Pure Gym. Yeah, I have, mate, yeah. yeah. So the leg press is right in the middle of the gym and then you've got like the pull-up station just a wee bit along from it. Yeah. Me and my client were doing pull-ups and then I just saw these two girls just like wheeling these 25 kilo plates by. And I look up and the leg press must have had about 10, 25 kilos on. It's like they were tiny. It's like not safe for them to pull it off. Like one, there was the two of them to take one plate off. So we went and stripped it down for them. I was like, that's just ridiculous that somebody's left that there. Yeah. Like it's so unsafe. Mate, I've, I've actually, like, see, I went through like this relationship where like the full people leaving weights at their ass, and it is, I hate, it actually makes my blood boil, and I actually went like that, like, I don't know what it is, but it's as if in like Kilmarnock, there's this like sort of zone of people that just think they're above everything else, man, I don't know if it's the same in Paisley, but in Kilmarnock, there's this like folklet, because the gym's been there that long, it's been fitness first, lifestyle fitness, and then the gym group, some people have had a membership then, so I think they think that they have rights to the company as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mate, you've only been a PT for three years. I've been a member in here for 11 years. Fuck off. And yeah. like, at the beginning, like when I left the military and I went into that environment and I was, it wasn't like I was in the Air Force and it is regimented. It's not like the way people will think it's shouty, screamy, but it's still uniformity. It's still like respect your stuff. And I couldn't get my head around. Like, I hadn't even done much training in civilian gyms. Like most of my sort of, training and experience i did when i was younger but then as i got right more into weightlifting it was all in military gyms so totally everyone just put their stuff away it, was, it wasn't even a question and i remember like i was like i started off and greg was the manager at the gym at the time and he used to laugh because i would be like fucking shouting no shouting at members but i'd be like what are you doing and they'd be like they would like spawn back and go no i'm not putting that away and i'd be like i work here like, I'll just be like, what are you talking about? Like, I just, I didn't, I couldn't get my head around that folk. Like, and that is honestly like, like, I could go into it, but I ended up just getting to a point where I just stopped because it was actually ruining my weeks at work. That, you down. Yeah. Like, it was actually wearing me down that there was that many people that were like, they were actively going out their way just to annoy me. Like, it was if like, they were just like, there's Christian, I'm just going to, just going to leave this here. But I love when you like, when you like, I, I got to a point where I started almost like humiliating folk with it, where I would like, I would, I would watch them leave it. And then I would go over to the other side of the gym. This was when I was on service. And it'd be like, they would leave the squat rack with like a hundred kilos. And I would go over and they'd be over like doing like bicep curl after squatting a hundred kilo, no sense, doing a half rep squat and then going over and doing some bicep curls. And I'd be like, I'd go, excuse me, uh, are you still using the squat rack over there? And they'd be like, eh, I like, see when they look poor. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so you're supersetting bicep curls and 100 kilo squats, man. That's a good superset there. Um, but I love when you call people out for that. But yeah, like, I think I'm the same, mate. I just, I don't like that sort of ego in the gym where it's so off putting. And as you said, like, like that environment, like people swarming around machines, people thinking that they, they own the gym. And I think we, you see this more and more in commercial gyms now, and it's 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 not nice. Like I don't know. I think it's they've kind of lost that element of like they're not like family run at all. They are totally commercial. Like you know, you're yeah, in a commercial it's just businesses essentially. What's that? Sorry, it's just a business essentially. That's, so yeah, it's just a model that just gets generates high amounts of volume. There's no you don't meet. You can join up online. You don't meet anyone. You don't. A lot of folk don't have respect for the gym and stuff, and it's a shame. But um, they, like that isn't that isn't as a whole like the commercial gyms aren't all like that. They've got a lot of like some like I like um, 
love working in there and that, talking to all the folk that I do, being able to to know that many people and stuff and, and help that many people out as well and kind of become a bit of a go-to person for that reason as well. But at the same time, it is very, very egotistic and I wish that would change, but I don't know how you change that. No, we're going to get a shock, man, when they go back and they're going to have to queue for an hour outside to get into the gym at peak time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully that throws them off, man. They'll be making sure that they're maximising their time and they won't be hanging about in there. So, um, yeah, cool. Um, what... So question number six, what's the first piece of advice that you would tell someone that's joining the gym and has never trained or someone that is returning to the gym after some time off? So through lockdown, what's the first training? Uh, everyone's probably heard this before, but take it slow. Like training certainly isn't a sprint. It's not even a marathon. It's more like an ultra marathon that doesn't ever actually end. Like your goals and what you want to achieve are going to change, develop and evolve once you actually get into training so what's the point in sprinting in the first couple of weeks put yourself off and then drop out just take it slow like i've been training for what now 11 years probably and when i was in so actually when i was traveling so i did six months in canada which is where i really started training properly just this wee box gym and i was training three four or five times a week and I remember finishing on a really good lower body day on the last day in Canada. And then I was going traveling for six weeks. So we traveled through America for six weeks, just drinking, partying, having a great time. Got back to the summer camp and I still had my logbook on me. And I was like, I'm just going to do the exact same day that I did on the last day of Canada. I matched it weight for weight, rep for rep. And I did it. But I remember I almost fucking died. Oh, I just swore. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost died and then for the next five days I physically couldn't straighten my legs I mean like they were so yeah. painful I had to walk around like a wee T-Rex like yeah. my, my heels couldn't touch the ground uh, my knees just stayed bent the full time and it was about five six days of walking around like that and it was hell like yeah. don't do that I touched this I touched base on that with the last podcast with my friend now it's a physiotherapist and we were talking about like like how sore you are after a workout doesn't it mean how well the workout went like oh yeah. 10 out of 10 for soreness that means that the workout went well like nine times out of 10 that means that it didn't go well it means that like you've probably like you can't like it's a bit of a spectrum isn't it muscle soreness like it's not like an indication that you have or haven't worked too too hard like i haven't had i've been doing a, a leg session every tuesday night with my, a live leg session and this week i decided I, I follow a similar format we progressively overload everything we're limited to what we can do and always involve either squats, lunges, split squats or some sort of um, deficit lunge. Like and this week I decided to do five sets of split squats and I've done it with like uh, reverse kickbacks, banded kickbacks and see the doms that I've had in my arse all week. Like, and I have consistently trained legs like throughout, but it was just exercise selection can impact it. Order of exercise, um, time off, level of experience, your recovery your sleep, your nutrition, if you haven't ate enough, if you're dehydrated, these are all factors that all impact muscle soreness, delayed onset muscle soreness. And I think like when people go, oh, I'm, I'm in agony, that's a sign of a good session. You're like, it's not really like, if, if you're an absolute, there's a difference between being in, I've done some events where I've came off and I've done some, I, last year I ran up and down, got fell twice um, over in that dial of Aaron. And afterwards, like for a week, like if you ask any of my clients, I was literally like, as you said, like a T-Rex in the gym, man, I couldn't, couldn't straight out my legs. Like, but it was like, it was beyond muscle pain. It was like joint pain. But that was a bit of an, a, an excessive challenge and stuff. But like, it isn't like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad I feel like this. Like you shouldn't be happy about feeling like that. Like, I think that's a bit of an extreme example. But at the same time, like 
I'm trying to get across that muscle soreness that doesn't equal good gains. Yeah. You know I mean, it could be down to a multitude of different things. Um, and um, yeah, so that's some good solid advice there, mate. Yeah, so don't rush back into it and just build yourself up slowly. The gym's always going to be there. Well, it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We don't know anyone. <laughs> no, it might not. Maybe we might slip back into fucking phase two after all the pubs have opened, man. So, I know, it's a nightmare. Exactly. Like, you know, like I was, I spoke to my group this morning and I said, look, I've seen a lot of people moaning and stuff online. And the thing is, like, that's the way it is. See you moaning about it and it's not going to do anything. See, nah, like, no. like, see being reactive, it's not going to do anything. Like, work around it as much as you can. The only thing I would say is that I think it's a, a stupid decision in regards to the pubs opening before the gyms. Like, I would get if they didn't have the pubs open still, like, fair enough, and they were at a point where they were putting data and they were going, right, I totally get that they shouldn't be open, but see, allowing that to happen and enforcing a one-meter rule, which is going to be completely ignored after a few bevies, like, surely a gym can be open. Like, surely there can be, like, I don't know, like, they go 10 people in the building at once, whatever. Like, like in my head, I'm just like, how, how can they do? But again, I'm not trying to work against it. I've worked around it the entire time, but at the same time, like, it is a stupid decision. So if you're listening, Nicola, wise up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more there. I know, I know. Um, so um, last point. So people are always chatting about the negatives since lockdown. What positives have you taken away from it personally and with your clients? So personally, like, I did have to work on this one a wee bit, as most people probably had. Uh, so obviously, as a PT, probably, you know yourself, that like, you work such, like, long hours, like... You're up at five, PT in like six to eleven. I don't, I've got go home, walk the dog, and then go back into work, train, and PT like four to nine. And you do that like three, four days a week, and you're like, oh, I've not actually done anything on my business, like pushing it forward. And then when I did, it was always like a frantic, stressful, do everything as quick as I can. But what this time's allowed is allowed me the time to work on my business and improve the service that I can provide and automate bits and pieces of it so I can then scale the business bigger and it just kind of gives me a bit of a improved or wider perspective on what I'm trying to achieve uh, so it just means that I can work on the business rather than being stuck in the day-to-day -day workings of it so that's been a good thing and it just allows a wee bit of like <laughs> let me take a step back and take a breath because it's frantic being a PT there's so much going on you have to coach you have to plan you have to do accounting, marketing, sales, everything's just kind of thrown into one and nobody realizes that. That's why there's such a high turnover of PTs. So being able to take a step back and just enjoy a bit of time to work on the business and a wee bit more relaxation has been, been really nice. Did you find it difficult at first? Um, when like, so see what you're saying about relaxation. I don't know about you, but I was, I, I threw myself into it quite hard and I started like just coming up with strategies to like, I immediately create the community, done this. And I actually was stressing myself out because when I did switch off, I was actually giving myself a hard time. And yeah, I was, no. like now I'm not like yesterday, like I'd done a lot of work in the morning. Like it's, it's really, really effective work. It's not like that. See what you're saying? Like it's not like you, I, I've done the same, same sort of days, mate, um, where really, really busy. You, you train in the middle of your day. You throw together some content. You're like literally working against the clock. You're doing all this. And now I'm like realizing how to get the most bang from a buck out of things. And then yesterday, like I stopped at like, what time was it? I think it was like 3 p.m. or something. I came home and I just chilled out on the couch watching telly. And I was like, I don't do this. Like, 
and then later on I've done a bit of work again and it's just better it's like but I think that it's, it's something that I've definitely learned as well, mate. And what, what's been a big sort of take-home with your clients? What's been a big learning point with them? Uh, pretty much they just, I've I started back up my business mentor as well. So a lot of that has been on about improving mindset. So then pushing that, well, not pushing that, but like taking what I've learned and put it onto my clients, they've realized that you don't need the gym to make the progress. The gym is just, as we say, it's a tool that we use and it's a great tool, but it's not necessary. So we can, we can make great progress without it and you just need to get your head in the right place. And what I've found is, similar to yourself, built a big community over the last couple, well, last couple of months. Just getting people to meet people who are on a similar journey to them is such a boost. And like people getting supported from not just me, but from each other, which is just a nice way of like making a transformation you don't need to do it alone there's loads of people trying to achieve the same thing as you so why should you do it alone people yeah. are always going to be more successful when you've got people backing you up yeah i know definitely um and that was chris um the glasgow pt he mentioned that in the last podcast and he mm-hmm. said like i quote him he said that he always used to think community was watered down pt and it's like not community but like group training and it's like do you know what like i had a boot camp for ages and it was a piece of the puzzle that i've been missing i've just not done it and like I cannot like it's it's such a powerful tool like it's just it's it's accountability um it's just pure people like like I was one of my clients was saying the other day she was saying she's struggling a bit with um, motivation right now and she felt a bit down when she's seen other people in the group doing well and I was like but you would rather be in a group of people doing really well than being a group of people than not being a group of people oh absolutely yeah not totally like that's and I think like I I get that like I'm not gonna sit and say oh. Like there's going to be good and bad with everything. I think that's what like that's. I think that's the thing that there's always going to people go always pick up points, but at the same time, it's it is such a powerful tool. So, now I've been very, 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 very glad in my com- community, and so it will continue. So, and I'm, I can imagine it only well in your gym as well, mate. So, um, that is everything, uh, mate. Um, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast today. Is there anything that you would like to plug in about your business? Uh, I don't want to step on your toes here, but <laughs> if you want to either come over and join the Facebook community, if you're looking into fat loss, you can find me on Instagram. I don't know if you'll tag it in the show notes, whatever, but it's just mm-hmm. at FalconFit. You can just uh, find me through Chris, Christian's Instagram. Uh, apart from that, if you ever get any questions, feel free to ask. I'm more than happy to help, as I'm sure so is Christian. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you took something away from it. No, no, mate, it's been spot on. Thanks very much for having you on. So just before we shoot, guys, uh, normal drills. If you have listened to the podcast, screenshot it and get it in your Instagram stories and your Facebook stories. Share the message, spread the word. Um, Hopefully, um, this podcast has been beneficial for you. Um, As always, it's just a conversation. And I think when you put two coaches together, it can be a very, very powerful thing because a lot of things get brought up that people just go ah i totally get that that makes sense to me and if anyone has had one of them light bulb moments do not hesitate to drop me a message but anyway guys i'll catch you in a bit i'll see you later bye